Hello everybody, uh, Thelma and Tom Look Left, episode 16, and uh, yes, it's the last in the current series, and we're going to talk about that later and have a good old look at podcasts and the future of them and so on. Um, anyway, hello Thelma, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just come back from London, um, meeting uh, different people, but also catching up with uh, friends and family. So it's been uh, it's been really really good. Um, and we got back yesterday, uh, and on the doormat was a little package. I opened it up, and it was. And sorry, listeners, you can't see it, but it was a, oh, a copy. Yeah. Yeah, of the Ragged Trousered Philanthropist oh, uh, by the Rickard lovely. Sisters. Yeah, with a lovely inscription inside. Can you open it up? Uh, yeah, I'll just show you. Sorry, everybody. I know you're listening and you can't see, but I'm showing Tom. Wow, um, look at and, that. Uh, and it's amazing. And I, I just think it would be so great for every school to have this in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, political education and all that. I'm sure Michael Gove would love it. That's, yeah, well, he's probably, you know, when he listens to this podcast, he'll probably go, yes, Thelma, we'll go for that. Great idea. Uh, so so of... that, was, that was really, really lovely. And, um, and we've managed to book, um, not a fixed date, but in September, start of series two, um, we've invited uh, the, the uh, sisters Sophie and Scarlett uh, to come and join us and chat to us um, on our first episode of series that two sounds so that, great. Yep. that'll be really exciting won't it so yep. i'm looking forward to yeah, that yeah i'm really a, looking forward to that uh, it's a lovely I must get welcome home a copy as of that well. book as well uh, that's that looks yeah. brilliant i did yeah. i did try and read um that book thelma um yeah. but i wasn't in the right mood and it's yeah. it's written in quite sort of old style, isn't it? And um, yeah, but it's I quite profound really. though. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, sure. You know, it's sure, it's well written. So, well, it, it was years ago, years and years ago that I I read it. Um, I did see um a performance of it um uh, in Parliament um when I was there uh, as well. Um, and it was wonderful. Um, and and I do remember a, a visit to Hastings with Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, when I introduced him at, at one of the um, at one of the big events, and uh, so yeah, it's, it's special really. But but it's the messaging, isn't it? Really, and nothing seems to have changed at the moment. Especially you look, you look at the messaging of the causes of poverty and all this, and mm. bla- blaming immigrants. You know, blaming everybody yeah, else, and yeah. and and you think, oh my goodness, we've not changed in over a hundred years. You know, it's just yeah. Anyway, um, I mean it's that's a great a, that, that in itself is a good topic for discussion really we can't do it now yeah. but no we, know, can, how, well, we can how, do it we can do how it history when, just repeats yeah. itself yeah. ad infinitum yeah. it, it, yeah. and, and can you somehow break the cycle and move things on anyway yeah. we, we'll deal with that in series two um, yeah. so, <laughs> i bet you all can't wait um right <laughs> Uh, right, so what? Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. As I've already said, uh, this is this is going to be the last episode of this series. We've done sixteen. Uh, we were going to do four. Um, it's been such fun, and we've learnt so much. Uh, but a um, couple of things have happened. I, I, my 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 missus has got to have cataract operations, and I need to be on the ball for that. Uh, plus, it's. Uh, you know, to be honest, when we decided that we were going to go to end this series, in I I realised that a break was going to really do me good actually, and I I, I it, it it's amazing doing a podcast. It's it, for me, it's been a, quite engrossing, and and actually I'm, you know, I, I do need a little bit of a break because I think. What I will say practically about podcasts, if you're doing all the practical stuff as well as just turning up and doing this bit, this bit actually is the easy bit. And now, for me, chatting to Thelma, I can kind of do that without... I don't... You know, I can do that without much preparation. It's the stuff around it that's the hard work. Um, and I'm going to go on to that in a bit later. But first, I thought we thought that it might be good to discuss what we've learned over those 16 weeks. Because so, for me, it's been a, a real education. So I don't know if you found that too, Thelma. Or... Yeah, of course. I mean, I, as you've just said, Tom, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and enjoyed uh, talking with our guests as well as yourself. Um, but yet there's so much more to it, isn't there? I mean, I'm not involved in the technical side. My my part is connecting with people and booking the guests and 
because most of our guests, if not all of our guests, are very, very busy people, um, it's, it's, it's quite, it's not as straightforward as it seems to actually get them in one place at one time. Um, and, uh, you know, they've always got loads of things to do. And um, that's why I'm really grateful. We are really grateful to everybody who's come on each of the podcast episodes. But that side of it um, is, the, is the challenging bit, making sure people have got Zoom links and all of that. Um, and um, and making sure that the you know you you allocate that period of time as well um, apart from the other things that that you're doing, um, but yes, hugely enjoyable, and um, yeah, and also I've learned, and I hope everybody who's been listening to each episode has learned that um, politicians, especially on the left, I would say, are really human beings who are fun. Um, and who um, they get nervous too, just like the rest of us. Um, and they have pressures that they have to deal with, just like the rest of us. Um, but are, are great fun most of the time. Um, but do care deeply um, about uh, their work um, and representing their constituents. So um, that, that in itself has been a joy. Um, and I've learned so much more about people who, some of whom I already knew, but I've found out more. So that, that's been great. And getting to know you as well, Tom, that's been great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I tell you, I, I mean, prior to getting in touch with you, Thelma, I'd only really met one major politician and um and i didn't let on that i knew who he was and we didn't actually talk about politics which is probably just as well um i'll tell you uh, i was going to keep it secret but i think i might tell you now i've been to, uh, to Ooh, celebrate them. yeah i met norman tebbit um oh, right and it was fascinating but um uh, I, it's a long story, so I'll save the story. But it was, but and we didn't discuss politics just as well because we're very far apart politically. Um, but then I, should, I met you. I should, uh, hope, I should hope so, Tom. Yeah, yeah well, I, I didn't think there'd be much chance of actually getting him to kind of come around to my way of thinking. So I thought, you know, probably just leave it and talk about something else. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's been f- unbelievable for me. me I've, I've met some quite ho- high-profile politicians, really, doing this podcast. And my whole idea was, when I first wanted to do a podcast, was I, f- I, I wanted myself, sounds a bit greedy, but I wanted to have a voice. And I wanted to give a voice to, to people that haven't got a voice. But it, podcasts hasn't really allowed us to work like that we've had to really just try and go with fairly high profile people to get people to listen to the podcast but you know really that it's it's interesting when you're not a politician because all this stuff's happening and you can go on twitter and you can get a little bit of a voice there and some people get quite a big voice there, but I don't know how they do that. It's hard work to build up your numbers, and uh, you have to kind of dedicate yourself to it or get a very lucky break somehow and become famous or something. Um, but to get a voice in this world, if you, you, you know, it's difficult. And I thought, well, podcasts, nice and easy, you know, do it at home, especially now in the pandemic, do it with Zoom. Uh, and it's worked out brilliantly, I've got to say. Not that I've said anything important or whatever, but I feel like oh. it's just been a nice... Uh, this podcast has, has had some really nice comments and reviews. And uh, um, um, we... Yeah, it's been good, hasn't it, Thelma? Yeah, I, mean, let's I, face I, it. I think it's been good. And I think, um, obviously, I mean, it was only two and a half years I was actually in Parliament, but I have been an activist involved in politics for most of my life, really. Um, but I think that um, you and, and the role you've had in this, obviously, apart from, from working behind the scenes with myself and others, um, has, has been to be uh, the man in the street, if you like. You yeah, know, the, yeah. The, the, that comment, um, and very often um, you've come in on, on the discussion um, or led the discussion um, with you know, your thoughts on it. And that, that's been very refreshing, I think. Well, thanks um, for that, Thelma. That's kind of no, to say. Uh, no, I, I believe that. I think, and I think the listeners have enjoyed that too, um, because it's it's you know you represent an awful lot of people, and I think the the important thing is that you know we don't just people don't just agree with mainstream media. 
Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're just a small um, drop in the ocean in terms of left, the left voice and left media. But I think if we come together, we, we all play our part. And I think yeah. your voice is equally um, as important uh, as anybody else's. And I think it's really important that voice is heard. Um, as well as the the mainstream politicians, so I think that's been really valuable. Yeah, and I I I I think also with the guests we've had and with the fact that we're a left wing podcast, that I I like to think. Well, I'm pretty convinced actually that judging from the guests we've had, they've all been very human and very kind and very polite and very nice, without exception actually. And mm. um, and and I, there's not been one moment when I felt like I was being ignored or or anything uh, I treated as an equal and 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 uh, you know you on telly you just don't see that you 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 know that there's such a lot of pompous crap going on in the world of politics and even the people that are given the job of talking to these politicians are, are way off normal um, yeah. and, and well, it was there's, there's far too much of this celebrity business going on. I think I've you, you know, discussed this with you before, Tom, that um, I, I, I think that star is waning in terms of uh, politicians who, who, to me, just appear to be more celebrities than serious thinkers uh, about policy. Um, and I, I, I actually think that um, how our guests have felt is it's... I think Melissa Venn talked about a safe space for the left. And I thought that was a really good, accurate description of what we've tried to create here um, with these episodes of the podcast. And, because, and I know I've experienced it myself when I felt comfortable being interviewed by somebody who I didn't mind the searching questions. Um, I, I didn't mind that at all. I never do. Um, but I don't like it when I feel that somebody's waiting for a gotcha moment and it's all about viewers and or listeners' numbers and, and not about really searching for uh, a productive discussion or an interesting discussion. Um, and that makes you feel when you're being interviewed, well, it made me feel, because I wasn't as experienced as some, uh, quite nervous. Um, whereas I think that if if a guest knows they're going to be challenged, knows there might be some tricky questions, but knows that the aim of the people interviewing or talking uh, to them is to get the best interview um, and it's going to be interesting and informative, then I think that's good. Um, And sadly, with a lot of mainstream media, um, that isn't the case. Uh, But I do think the general public, many uh, of the the general public, um, do actually feel um, that they're sick of this celebrity bit. And, well, people telling falsehoods, really, and misleading people, I think think they're sick of it. I think they're sick of the use of emotional blackmail uh, as well. I think they can see through it. Um, And I think they know more now when they're being played um and um, that's why i'm more optimistic um about the future especially the younger generation um who have the social media and who have the networks and can see through it um so let's see but hopefully we've played our we've played our small part in it yeah definitely definitely and i think we're i think we've set out to achieve something and I think we pretty much achieved it really we did we have provided that safe space people like to come on and 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 uh, enjoy that and um it it's uh, and people like to listen to it too uh, it's mm. it's a, just a nice environment that we've we've set yeah. out to create and I think we've done it really and I, I also think what is positive and a good sign is that um we've got a long list of people who've said they'll come on and join us in September for series two. Um, I've not had anybody refuse um, yeah. that I've approached. Yeah. Um, as I say, it's sometimes tricky uh, trying to, for them to have the time, especially when they're in Parliament, if it's one of the MPs. But, um, uh, you know, I've not had a refusal. People want to come on. Uh, as I say, I've got another long list of people who are going to join us, some really great people and really interesting people. So um, I think that's a positive as well. Yeah. So quickly, we'll just talk about um, 
I think we've sort of mentioned the, the fact that the politicians that I've met and that we've had on, and, uh, and indeed yourself, Thelma, uh, you know, just lovely people to be with, ordinary people. I mean, you know, John McDonnell, you know, what, what an ordinary bloke. He's such a lovely bloke, the sort of bloke you could happily mm. sit by at a football match or on a train for a few hours and just, uh, just chat, you know. Uh, and, and they're all pretty much all like that. Uh, what I would say uh, that I've picked up as well is the dedication from these people that I mean that we have other, other people that aren't politicians but which specifically the politicians this is not you know this is this is a grind being a politician you know that's my view of it it's not something I could go anywhere near you know it, it, doing this podcast for 16 weeks that that's been quite something for me but to be a politician for like 10 20 30 years every day grind 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 and some of the stuff that these guys have to put up with and take is some of it's just vile and 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 the there's not that amount of not that much amount of success in the life of a politician on the left really uh or, or any politician i guess because even when they succeed people are still having a go uh, yeah yeah it's yeah but being a public servant um is i suppose uh, well, I, I would think is a reward in itself. It's hard. It is hard, Tom, but you, you should know uh, if you're going into it that you are there to serve the public and that is should be seen as reward in itself and a privilege to to serve serve people um, and represent them. Um, so I think that there's that. Um, but it, it can get... Um, I mean, the... the for me, it, it, it seemed to be 24-7 when I was there. And, of course, being a former head teacher, I worked m- massively long hours uh, and at weekends uh, with that role. Um, so, I, so it was good prep. Um, but it, it, I, I must say that, um, obviously, I worked closely uh, with John McDonnell. I've never known two people work harder than Jeremy and John. Um, I've never known, you know, the early morning interviews... Um, you know, late night, still, still working on things, traveling the country. Um, I, I'm just in awe of 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 their work ethic, really. Um, but I think I think that's just you know the kind of dedication to socialism and to, um, you know, I've said before, it, it it's it's it really is a vocation, not a job. Um, yeah. And anybody, I don't care what your political party is, anybody who goes into politics and, and doesn't see it as such shouldn't be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, but as I say, gosh, I've never seen anybody work as hard as uh, John and Jeremy. And they continue yeah. to do so. Yeah, yeah, astonishing. Um, and hats off to them, really. It's ch- I've d- definitely changed my view of of uh, politicians, j- just meeting a few, to be honest. Um mm. It's just the, the few that let the the rest down, really. I think, um, you know, I, I can't imagine really any lazy politician in the, you know, just do, doing the job or, uh, you know, I, I certainly didn't meet any um, on the Labour back benches uh, or front benches, certainly. Um, but um, I, I think that, you know, obviously there are some that are slackers, those in, you know, safe seats that have been there for decades. Uh, there's probably, you know, some, I don't know, but um, the vast majority of people in politics work incredibly hard. I might not agree with them yeah. all, but, but uh, the vast majority do work incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a very challenging role, but a very, I would say, a very rewarding role. Yeah. The the other thing that I've that's hit me really is the is the difficulty of making progress politically. Uh, you know when when I my main uh, source of information was Twitter really, um, and um, you know sometimes you, you get the impression from people on Twitter that you know oh, why hasn't such and such done such and such and da 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 da. It's so not easy. It's it's so, uh, you know, these people are, are, like we've just been saying, working their butts off to get the smallest little bits and pieces of, of results. And, and, and sometimes it's like, oh, look, if we all get together and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, why isn't it happening? 
Well, you know, it's it's because it's really difficult to get it to happen, isn't it? You know, yes. oh, why doesn't the left all just come together and then we'd be da 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 da? It sounds so easy, and I, I'm I admit I'm guilty of of that too. You know, I yeah. really am. Yeah. In reality, yeah. it's quite a task, and and the people that get that to happen, or if it does happen, it's going to be. Uh, you know, some very, very, very talented people or, or an enormous amount of extreme good fortune, really. That, that's kind of how I see it now, anyway. Well, I'm, I'm trying to do my little bit on that, uh, bringing people together. I think it's yeah, small definitely. steps. I think it's small steps and, and a, a jigsaw that I, I hope and pray will, will, will come together over the next few years. Uh, but let's wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that's that. I just want to run through the practicalities of, of of running this podcast. So when when we started up, and I I'd, I'd made a few videos and one thing or another. So I kind of thought I could do anything, and um, so we did the podcast, and and it was the first one wasn't too bad. It was just me and Thelma, and then we had a guest, and when there are three soundtracks, and and you're on Zoom, and they're all not quite right. It's, it, it, I suddenly realised I was totally out of my depth with the production side of things. And as I've realised since that day, it's beyond me to put the podcast together technically. Now, luckily, I had a friend who was up to the job and um, he very kindly, we made an arrangement and, uh, and he's bailed us out all that time. Um, he agreed to do it at half price and that was kind of him and one thing or another. But actually, sometimes when it goes wrong, he would be up all night putting it right. And I was feeling terribly guilty, you know, and, uh, and one thing or another. And I, even at one point, I contacted a podcast uh, making company. I don't know, they're, they're people making money out of it, you know. And um, it's basically, it's not a cheap thing to do. And so uh, I'm just looking forward now to our next series. And we, de- we, we so want to do this. I, I feel like we've got something good here and we shouldn't stop. Um, We want to do our next series. We're thinking of doing eight or 10 podcasts in the series. Now, the cost of doing that is going to be about, if we do 10, the cost of doing that is going to be roughly a grand. And so, you know, that's, that's quite a lot of money. It doesn't sound much when you, when you put it like so much per week, but if you put it, you know, say we do 40 podcasts a year, that's quite a lot of money, you know, four grand. So a lot of podcasts, a lot of political podcasts are run by organisations like the BBC or uh, various, you know, media outfits. And so they don't have that problem. They've got their sound engineers. They've got everything set up. People like me and Thelma would just turn up, speak into the microphone that they've already set up, and, and that would be our job done. But when you're doing a little podcast like this, it's not quite like that. I mean, Thelma does all the booking and that is a nightmare. I tried to book a couple of guests and I, well, I just thought I can't handle this. Um, and, um, and the production is, is, a, is really tough too. What the left really needs, if I'm, I might as well say it in my view, is, is some kind of production company that can pick out the podcasts that are working and if they think they're going to work, back them somehow with the technical stuff. You know, if there are sound engineers out there who are of the left, that's an opportunity, really. And also, if there are people out there who are... of, of People on the left who are out there who are good with the social media stuff, I've really struggled with that side of it, too. I, it's beyond me, I'm afraid. But I quite... I. I don't like hesitate to say that I'm good at this, but I enjoy doing this. And, you know, it's this podcast does work, but the technical stuff is a bit much. Uh, so hopefully we're going to get all that sorted out in terms of time for the next series. We have set up a Patreon page. Again, I set it up. It's not done very well. We need to have a website. We need to, I, We could do so much more and we could be so much more successful than we are. So I just want to put all that out there. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, Thelma, before I go on to the last thing. No, I think that initiative of um, of left, um, well, techie people, I call them, but the people who've got the skills and knowledge to be able to produce uh, podcasts um, coming together uh, with a shared goal, really, um, would be an important part to play in the 
movement. Um, so there might be people listening who might be able to contribute and might be able to help. Um, and that can only benefit everybody on the left, can't it? So I think that's a really good idea, Tom. Yeah, I yeah agree. brilliant. Yeah, well, let's hope, let's hope some, we get somewhere with that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, um, and just before we end part one, we've just got um, one bit of news that came up that, um, uh, you know, is quite interesting about one of the effects of um, COVID that's uh, had on the kids in the schools. It's been fairly chaotic throughout and um, uh, the, so this week there was a, 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 re- a resignation and it was, uh, well, I can't remember the last time we had an honourable resignation. Um, I mean, lots of government advisors have, have resigned, actually, from Boris's outfit, haven't they? But anyway, so Kevin Collins resigned, Thelma. So I don't know if you want to tell us more about that. Um, yeah, yeah, just recently, uh, Kevin Collins, uh, very well respected, uh, known as recently as the catch-up czar, appointed uh, by the government um, uh, to, to, well, to work out a strategy uh, as to how best to support children and young people post-COVID um, with, with the lost learning, as it's described. Um, and the funding um, wa- was um, actually allocated just this week per child um uh, and it, it it's unbelievable actually that only 500 pounds has been allocated um by the government per child if you look at the netherlands it's 2500 pounds per child which kind of says it all really doesn't it um and he has worked out this strategy um I, I, Kevin Collins worked a lot um, up in, mainly Bradford, but he was very involved, if I remember rightly, with the literacy strategy uh, that I was involved in as a coordinator in schools. Um, and one of my uh, friends and former head teacher colleagues actually knew him. Um, uh, uh, she, she was working uh, as an advisor at the time. Um, and first thing she said when he was appointed, well, well, he's a man of integrity and, and will do a good job. Um, and um, certainly I know from what I've heard um, that in the past that he, he has been a, a real leader um, and a real thinker in terms of education um, and his dedication to, to children's well-being as well as education. Um, so for him to take on this role... But then to say, enough, I cannot deliver this strategy with this uh, small amount allocated per child. Um, Well, just says so much about the government and their education strategy and what they really think um, about our children in schools. And really, it's blatant to me that they, as Tories are saying, well, uh, we can afford to send our kids to the private schools and have the best, uh, and have the best online learning, etc. Uh, but for everybody else's kids, 50 quid will do, you know. Um, and I think you can see uh, Kevin has, has thought that they, this is not what I'm about. Also, uh, the kind of blame culture going on, again, with the teaching unions, uh, because part of the planned strategy uh, from Kevin Collins um was to extend the school day as part of the catch up uh, what's been implied is that he 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 was also saying that well it's the unions that you know are the reason that I've stepped back or stepped down it's nothing to do with that according to Mary Bowstead he was engaging with the unions and understood the teaching contract teachers contract and had said that if there is an extended day or hours then it should be um, agreed by uh, any member of the teaching staff and should be paid. Um, and that's not what the government were offering. Um, so, you know, to make out that it's the unions blocking the idea of this extended day to catch up um, it is a nonsense. Um, uh, you, you know, the, what, the, what the unions are doing is wanting the best quality education for children and the best working conditions for staff. Um, And uh, Kevin Collins could see that. Um, But what the government are trying to do 
is, is blame his resignation on the unions stopping his strategy from being put into effect. So it's it it really is awful. And um, I'm, you know, for for Labour to then say, oh, it's terrible, Kevin Collins has resigned. But Labour are not supporting the unions. They have not supported the union, teaching unions all the way through. So I, I honestly believe both Labour and the Tories need to get their act together and start listening to the people that are actually doing the job, listening to the unions and listening to the people who are actually doing the job. And in fact, on Channel 4 recently, um, a young student, a young pupil, she actually said more or less the same thing, that the government needs to start listening to my teachers and support staff and to the people doing the job. And I thought, well, you know, out of the mouth of babes kind of thing. Um, but I certainly feel the same as well. Uh, because to my mind, the NEU in particular have been right all the way through this pandemic. Um, in terms of their recovery plan, their guidance, their common sense, their listening to the science and their respect for the profession um, and support for the people in, in the profession and, of course, for the well-being of, and health and education of the children. Um, so it's quite significant that he, uh, Sir Kevin Collins, has stepped down today and um, and a, a lesson for the government and, to be honest, I think for Labour too. Yeah, it's astonishing, isn't it? I really don't. I just don't understand where they're coming from. These guys, you know, the the like you say, unless they just genuinely just think, well, we're going to be okay, and it probably suits us better if everyone else is having a bad time. I cannot see the logic of that of of, of that being a good way to run a country. But they do it over and over again with every single thing, don't they? It's just like, well, we don't really care. We're okay, and oh dear, dear. Anyway, yeah. Interesting, but good Good to see the guy do that, you know. Uh, and, and he's not the first. Quite a few have gone and just thought, no, we can't work with this. This is... This is well, it uh, seems to me he's putting the children first, isn't he? Which um, I, I, I do believe uh, that he is a man of integrity and, uh, and he, has, he, he has put the children first, which yeah. is uh, to his credit. Yeah, yeah, hats off to him. Uh, yeah, OK, so there you are. End of part one. We'll see you in a minute. Thank you. Okay, welcome back everyone. Uh, part two of Thelma and Tom Look Left and today's uh, very special guests, Alex Mays of the Breakthrough Party and Carla Gregory, the first uh, candidate for the Breakthrough Party in the Chesham and Amersham by-election. I hope I've got those details correct. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've I got to say, Alex, uh, uh, I've I've listened to you on the podcast already, and I, it was very entertaining, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, uh, um, and uh, in fact, it was with um, uh, that bloody Mikey, and um, it was a belter. And I actually tried to get in touch with that bloody Mikey um, to see if I could get him onto our podcast or get Thelma to invite him onto our podcast, but it's virtually impossible to get a hold of. Um, so uh, if you have got a link to him that would be great I'll drop him a message tonight (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, yeah Alex uh, so you and Thelma are friends aren't you I think yeah Yeah, Uh, of course of course of course we are of course we are Uh, so maybe uh, you'd you'd like to tell us a bit about the uh, the breakthrough party uh, between you then yeah absolutely like so the breakthrough party formally started in January 2021 um so it's just so we've only been going for five months now but it's been an idea that's sort of been in in my head since last summer so I I left the Labour Party last summer um I think like many had been very frustrated and disillusioned with where politics was heading um you know I think a lot of people felt like that after the 2019 general election um and seeing the Tories get the majority they did and Jeremy Corbyn leaving the Labour Party um and then obviously these last what, 12 to 18 months of Starmo and we saw the 10 pledges like sort of being written off one by one um and like the more and more 
as time went on, like realized like how how many people are just simply not represented by mainstream politics, um, especially like with our party in particular, the focus is on young people. Um, and when we talk about young people, we mean politically young. So politically young, I guess, is like anyone sort of under 40, give or take. Um, basically people that have been really badly affected by the financial crash and then the decade of austerity that followed. Um, so, you know, when we talk about these sort of issues, we talk about housing, um, we talk about work or insecure work and poor wages, and we talk about the climate crisis and, you know, most recently as well about um, protests, the rights of protests as well. So it sort of all came about, it's like a bit of a perfect storm, really. I think there's a massive vacuum that opened up on the left, and I think that we were just sort of here at the right time with a couple others as well. Like obviously no, no need in induction in terms of like Northern Independence Party and other sort of parties that sort of come on the scene as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy five months already, already learned so much. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really going from strength to strength now. I similarly left the Labour Party. Uh, my, my track, pretty similar to you. I'd be interested in if, uh, how, how did you get to this point, Carla? Was it a similar I... story? No, I had actually never really been involved with politics before the Breakthrough Party. I um, I was a big shouter on social media about Jeremy Corbyn and all his values. Um, but if I'm honest, until the beginning of the year, I didn't even know what socialism was. Um, I, I fought for all these things. I just didn't know the word for it. And um, that's a big thing for me is, is politics affects everyone and no one... A lot of people don't seem to realise how much it affects them because it's not put in a way that they can understand, so they don't think it affects them. So that's sort of one of my big bugbears. As I've slowly got into politics over probably the last five, six years, um, I've learned so much that I had no clue about. So a um, bit of a different story to Alex because I think he was a, a lot more engaged than I was beforehand. Um, but I've decided to stop shouting on social media and do something about it. <laughs> so that, that, that's a, an absolutely massive step that you've taken there, Carla, isn't it? To to go from, uh, you know, social media to being a, a candidate in a by-election. Very brave. Yep, <laughs> yep it's, been a, it's been an experience so far, but I've absolutely loved it. And the more... I get involved, the more I want to get more involved and the more I want to do better things for my community. So it's, um, it, it's had an amazing knock-on effect in my life, at least. So I'm, I'm happy and enjoying it. And I'm, I'm just sitting here, just loving seeing your faces and listening to your voices, Alex and Carla, because it seems like a lifetime away, Alex, that you and I had that first well you interviewed me didn't you yeah <laughs> uh, but 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 before that you had you had uh, approached me and, and said you were forming this new party and I shall forever feel guilty that I was at first like oh yeah like you do you know and and you know to see you now and with Carla as your first candidate for Breakthrough, I just find it, it's given me so much joy, I have to say. Uh, and to know that you and Philip Proudfoot are connecting now and and the possibility that, you know, you, you break through Northern Independence and quite a number of other of the smaller left parties, progressive parties are, you know, have plans to come together. It uh, gives me such hope and such joy um, uh, because obviously you know, Alex, um, that um, what I do now is for your generation and for Carla as well. And, and Carla, what you've just said about your rationale for standing as a candidate is absolutely perfect and spot on. You, you are just the kind of candidate, just the kind of MP that is needed in Parliament um, I mean, I, I, I just don't want Westminster to to ex to exist in its present form. Um, but while we have to work with what we've got with before we get the constitutional reform, until we change everything, um, then as a member of Parliament, um, you are just the kind of person 
um, and that rationale you've given to me is absolutely spot on, as I say, because there's not enough Carlas in the Houses of Parliament. Um, I thought that when I was there, and there's even fewer now, in my opinion, than than there the were then. Um, so um, how are you feeling? What I want to ask you is, because I've just gone through it, <laughs> but I had experience um, as a politician. Um, how's it feeling as, as a candidate for a brand new party? It's actually insane. Um, it, it, it's amazing. It's I'm learning so much. Like there's so much I didn't know, and I'm like a sponge, sort of soaking it all up. And sorry, I think my son's coughing down there. Bless him. Um, but um, yeah, I'm just enjoying every minute of it and learning as much as I can, and make tr trying to think about talking to as many people as I can. And that's what I'm really enjoying. Is um, I mean, I'm a big people person anyway, and. I love people, but to be actually out there talking to people who live where I live and to get mm. different perspectives other than just my friends and my family um, and my work colleagues, it's 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 fantastic. I'm just mm. absolutely loving it. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm loving it. Yeah, that's great. So what, what kind of responses are you getting um, for this new party? Because the, the, the big challenge, isn't it, is people... Because I, I knew I wouldn't win in Hartlepool. I knew that, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd only get a few votes because nobody, nobody, I wasn't local. But you're local. That, that's the big thing you've got there. You're, you're local. What kind of response are you getting as a local person? Um, I found, um, and a lot of the, the campaigning team that were out with me at the weekend, we found that even if I wasn't with them, people were sort of look, taking the leaflet, looking down and going, oh, I know her. I know her. Yeah, I'll vote for yeah. her, um, which is yeah. fantastic. I've had so many messages from so many people throughout my life that I have met and come across just cheering me on, telling me that they're, they're voting for me and they think it's fantastic what we're doing. Um, I bumped into people that I haven't seen in over a decade that are, are cheering me on. And it's just it's just fantastic. And I was a bit concerned because it is such a Tory town. Um, mm. that the, the initial response was going to be, oh, you're a socialist, it doesn't work, mm. um, no. And it wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. Um, I mean, obviously, you still get the few, few sort of comments from people, but most people were really receptive. And when I sort of said to them, you know, I live in a local council house, I have the same issues you have, um, they sort of started to listen a little bit more. And I think people have begun to see that, yeah, you kind of do represent people that aren't being represented around here. So that, mm. that, that's the big thing for me. Brilliant. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world. And uh, if I can get a chance, I'd love to come down and uh, do some uh, door knocking for you. We'd love that. We'd love that. You're more than welcome whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, Tom and I have been talking about um, this idea of the Progressive Alliance, but also there's three out of the four of us here who've left the Labour Party. Um, similar reasons but you know we'll have our own uh, we've made our own personal choices um and as i say tom and i've been talking about the future um now i believe there's a future for uh, democratic socialism and the movement um what what are your thoughts on the actual labor party and any chance of a future and if there was if there were a future who who would you see who would you see as Having a chance in hell, having a chance in hell of <laughs> of doing any any good. It's so hard, isn't it? Because I think definitely when I first left the Labour Party, um, I think there was still a part of me was going, it could get better, and like there might be some sort of move, you know, there might be some sort of shift, some change. And then as time's gone on, the more and more I feel like it's heading for electoral oblivion. Like if I'm perfectly honest with you, it's really hard to be positive about it because. Mm. You just look at what they're doing and like especially after local elections and like what happened there like they you know it's been sort of like scrubbed over almost immediately but like they, they performed very badly in the local elections and it doesn't look like they're learning from those lessons like we saw in Salford you know quite you know up here we saw it um we saw in Preston um we saw in Wales like there was these examples of Labour doing well which were led by people that were you know, ascribed to socialism. They, socialism. they are socialists. And they've basically gone, now nah, we're not going to listen to these examples and they're going to lurch further to the right. And, you know, that's why we've seen Rachel Reeves promote the Shadow Chancellor. 
Um, it's why we've seen the sort of shift around and we've seen a few more people from the Labour right put into different positions and stuff and into the shadow cabinet. And it doesn't fill me with much hope. And like, obviously I've got like a lot of the people in the socialist campaign group of MPs as well. Like I actually have a lot of respect for, but I do wonder as well about the, the, um, if they actually have any teeth, like, can they actually do anything? Can they actually do anything within the Labour Party? Um, and the more and more I look at it, I think it's a real struggle for anyone to do with anything within the Labour Party to like move it further left. I think in terms of like, who could it be? Like, who could be the, like, if a leadership election happened tomorrow, who would be best positioned from that group? Clive Lewis, potentially. Like, I, I you know, I think he could be, he could probably be, be the one who could probably give it a fair crack. Um, I'd love to, I know Zara is a very new MP, but I think she's fantastic. I think there's not many people that would say otherwise. I think she would be great as a deputy. I know that's obviously, she's very young and like people might hold that against her in a lot of ways. But I think again, she's got a lot of potential. But I think with the way they're working it, and I think it'd be very interesting to see what happens at conference later this year. I just can't see the left or socialism in labor having any chance of flourishing and us seeing anything like we did during the Corbyn era in Labour ever again. I think it ha it's happening elsewhere. Um, and that's mm. where people, I think that's where our, our energy has to lie. Mm. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It, what are your thoughts, Tom, on that? Well, I got to say, when I listened to, um, well, when I met Philip, and then I listened to yourself, Alex, talking for quite a while, and I came away from that, both those things, I'm really inspired and really hopeful for the future. And I, it's the it's the young it's the youngsters that are going to do this, uh, because because they're the ones basically that are losing out big time, and and it's it's in their face. Um, uh, most of us, no, I don't, actually I can't say most of us, but I mean I'm okay really in terms of setup. I don't have any material problems. Uh, and, and that applies to an awful lot of oldies, you know. We were very lucky. We, we, a lot of us own stuff. But a huge amount, a huge percentage of the youngsters are really being screwed over. And, and, and so it really, you'd imagine that, that by, just by things rolling along, the oldies will drop off and the youngsters will take over and then we'll start to get a bit of sense. And it's the same with the environment as well. It's the youngsters that believe in climate crisis. A lot, the high percentage of the oldies couldn't give a damn. Um, so I, I find it quite inspiring listening to you guys. And well, that was lovely listening to you, Carla, speaking like that. And you just think, come on. And it's the same when you hear Zara and, and, and Clive. I mean, I've met Clive twice now. And, I mean, he's got so much positive stuff coming through. But how on earth are anybody, any socialists in the Labour Party ever going to lead the Labour Party? I can't see how it's going to happen. And I, I have asked and asked and asked this. But it's quite difficult when you have guests on from the Labour Party. You can't really just sit there trashing the Labour Party. It's rude. <laughs> So you have to kind of see if they'll open up and talk about it. Clive's really good, actually, but he still somehow seems to think that it's... Yeah, like what you said, you know, something's going to happen at conference, and I'm thinking it never has yet. But um, anyway, that's kind of where I'm at on it. And then, and then, of course, I go away and I do my own thing for a while, and I start to think, oh, my God, how's this ever going to happen? And, uh, but then I come back and there's Thelma working away, trying to get it all put together again and, you know, introduce this person to that person. It, there is inspiring stuff going on. It's just keeping it going and getting it out there for other people to see, I think. Um, Alex, you're based in Manchester. I'm just really interested to know what your thoughts are on Andy Burnham. It's a really interesting one with Andy. <laughs> yeah, like he, I, everybody always begins that way. <laughs> it's a very interesting thing with Andy because I think that because I, I personally like when when I look at Andy Burnham and like in terms of just like this taking into account his record as mayor, so not going before that and just the experience I've had as living in Manchester, he seems to have done a pretty good job. Like I think that people, I think he's very popular up here. I don't think there's many people, like, I think he increased it. Am I right in saying he increased his vote share at the last, mm -hmm. I believe? Mm -hmm. I think he's popular. Um, and obviously, like, some of the policies that he's trying to bring in in Manchester, or you could argue a sort of soft left, I guess, is probably the best way of describing it. 
Um, and I think, yeah, like, I think as a Manchester mayor, I think he's a good job. When we talk about Andy Burnham as in a potential future Labour leader, I'm less sure. Like, I think people will obviously reference back to his, you know, his time actually spent in Parliament. And I think people are a bit more unsure about him. I think there's a lot of politicians, especially like including Andy Burnham, been on a bit of a journey, some will say, where like mm. they've sort of, their ideals and their their way of thinking and like what, what they stand for has changed a lot over the years. But it's very hard because he does seem like a genuine guy. Like I've obviously never met him, but he does have a sense of he's actually a genuine person. So you could argue maybe he has been on a journey and maybe he has learned from mistake, previous mistakes and he's now in a position to be, um, you know, reformed in a lot of ways. But like I don't, I'm still a bit unsure. Like I think as a Manchester mayor, I think he's done quite a good job. There's obviously been the police, the policing issue with Great Manchester Police, mm. which he sort of, I don't know how he's handled it, but I think he's handled it actually very well in terms of managing to steer the criticism away from him <laughs> and manage to like mm. someone else landed with it but yeah I think in terms of like an option for the Labour Party I'd probably still say he's better like much better option than Starmer for them at the moment I think mm. if they if they decide tomorrow to have a leadership contest it would not surprise me if Andy Burnham won it I, I, I don't yeah. think um but yeah as Manchester Mayor I think he's done a good job uh I don't think he would lead Labour to victory and like they would be amazing I think they'd still be I think ultimately, regardless of what leader they put in at the moment, the issue is is that the PLP itself is quite right wing. So I think that will always have a, a sway on whoever's in charge. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you, Alex. Um, what you're saying, I uh, immense respect for Andy, what he's done for Manchester as mayor. Um, but but I've also looked back at his. Uh, track record in Parliament and yeah we're on a journey I mean I'm more left-wing than I was a few years ago I've you know we all uh, change and and adapt and and kind of evolve don't we and I think he may have done that uh, but then there was an art, uh, a piece in the Observer where he was saying if he'd have been don't know if you saw it but if he'd have been elected as leader rather than Jeremy Corbyn we wouldn't have lost as many red wall seats and I kind of I, I kind of lost it again then and you know when you said you're not sure yeah. that's when I because I was really going I thought yeah he'll he'll be great he'll be and then when I read that oh, the ego and the bit of arrogance there I just thought oh we're back are we back again to, you know I, th I think regardless I think regardless of who was leader during that period like I think they were always going to struggle and like you know Labour's yeah. been in decline for a long time of course like, it has yeah. Um, and like, I, th I think the thing is with Andy Burnham, and I think this is why he's so popular, is what's, what his response during the COVID crisis, you know? Yeah. He's actually been yeah. in opposition, which yeah. has been really lacking from the yeah. Labour leadership. Yeah. And he showed that, you yeah. know, like when the government offered them, I think they offered us 50 million or something and we asked for 60 million, or it was like a very nom nominal yeah. amount more. And they were just like, no. And he was just like, well, no, sodger. And it was very like defiant and... It was sort yeah. of, you know, he was clear opposition and like, that's been lacking. He's a lead, yeah, he's a leader, isn't he? And, and he does inspire, he's a great speaker as well. So there's all the, it, it's just, I just feel a little bit uncertain, just like you do, uh, uh, you know, about what the actual commitment to democratic socialism uh, and whether those policies would be delivered, really. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Carla, it, you know, if you were elected as an MP, if it's not this time, I'm sure it will be, but if it's not this time... <laughs> Um, every MP has a, I suppose, a priority, a personal um, priority or interest. Uh, my, mine obviously was education, then I was involved with the Treasury. Um, but but what would be your thing? You know, if you were in Parliament, what what would be your, your thing? I mean, I know there's manifesto uh, commitments and pledges from Breakthrough, but uh, personally, what would you want to achieve while you were there or change because that's all about bringing about change isn't it the big thing for me here in this constituency is the housing crisis mm. every other party is going on about how we need to protect our our green spaces which is absolutely true but we also have a housing crisis there is like a four-year wait five-year wait for a three-bedroom house here I have friends, I have acquaintances, I know so many people that have been affected by the housing crisis and I'm really sorry, I think my son might be waking up. <laughs> um, <laughs> multitasking, I'm quite good at that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be the big thing for me. We need um, green council housing and we need 
a decent standard of housing. The housing here is not of a decent standard. Um, the, there are issues with mould in properties, repairs aren't being done. I spoke to one lady the other day who had not had heating for four years in, in a mm. housing association property, and that just isn't okay in, in, in the UK in 2021. It shouldn't be that way, um, especially in such a rich constituency. We have so much mm. money here, and I don't understand why some people are living such a beautiful, beautiful life, and some people literally not even half a mile down the road are living in a house that is moldy or and they're overcrowded it just it isn't fair and um I think maybe that leads on to equality a bit which is another which is my other big issue um here but yeah make, making things fairer it's not fair yeah. here right now and um, yeah. it should be that's brilliant yeah and uh there there certainly you'd uh, you'd fit in well with the, the still good few uh, MPs in Parliament that still hold on to that uh, social justice agenda um, and and actually walk the talk. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good luck. Good luck with it. Do you need to get off and um, and see to your little he's, one? He's Carla? dozed back off. So oh, okay. we're all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm on edge. I'm like, oh, is he going to stay? Multitaxic. This is a reality. Of but that's being a mum. I think that's yeah I think that adds to it as well when, you, when you're yeah. a mum you just kind of learn to multitask and do everything with someone on your hip don't you so you know yeah yeah I can handle yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah we, we, we should be able to make things a bit easier though for young parents I think absolutely um, with, um, and you know I, the workplace I was thinking about um just MPs in parliament I, I couldn't think of a single single mum MP ever there's quite a few now, actually, Carla. Oh, is there? Um, is and there? while I, funny enough, while I was there, um, it, it, we had a WhatsApp group for the for the women's PLP, and uh, I used to find myself uh, putting messages on as an older, you know, I was a working mum myself, and just giving them encouragement um, to say. You know what? That 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 your kids won't end up kind of as criminals because you're going to go to work. My kids have my kids have ended up okay. I was a working mum, and uh, it will be okay. And uh, you know, Good just giving them encouragement. <laughs> uh, you you do plate spin. You do as a, whether it's politics or whatever. You do plate spin. But I do think sometimes what was happening in Parliament, and it is relevant to this conversation, really, of what you can do to help to bring about change is that the lawmakers in Parliament, actually the conditions <laughs> in the workplace uh, in Westminster with the voting hours and how it, how it happens are some of the worst. <laughs> I bet. Um, and it has improved in that there's earlier voting generally now. Um, but it's not easy. It's not easy for young parents, for, for the young dads as well that have young children. And, of course, many, if the constituency is miles away from Westminster... Are living away from home midweek, so it it is uh it, you know sorry it's a he has woken up now but... yeah all right well well good luck with it. Good luck with it. <laughs> right, so like I, I, we always said that it might be that potential, but like this is just you know again like it's a really good it's a really good point though that you've raised though Farmer because mm. like in what in what parties as well like at the moment like would someone in Carla's position be able to run or and have the support to be able to run. I don't yeah. know if that really exists and like we wanted to sort of show that it is possible and like yeah. we're trying to do everything we can to support Carla and make sure that you know she's got every everything she needs to make sure that she can you know yeah. campaign really well and well, you know make success yeah all, all credit to your party um Alex I think it's wonderful that you've managed in such a short space of time uh, to get a candidate to get a local candidate um and and to get established oh she's back hi <laughs> just needed a quick cuddle I thought we'd lost you. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I, I just I just think it's um it's absolutely brilliant and I think uh the role modeling there yeah there are some in parliament um Carla that with with children uh many more than they used to be I mean I mean the the MPs I really respect are the ones who were the first uh, to actually have a family uh, and be in that role. The pioneers, if you like, um, just like the first women in Parliament, um, that, you know, how, how it must have felt uh, when there were, there were just one or two women. Um, and then uh, the parents, you know, the first parents, uh, young parents, young mums, it must have been 
so challenging, so challenging. And, it, and it's still challenging, but um, as I say, more like you, Carla, we, we definitely need more like you in Parliament. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, can I just ask you, um, obviously, uh, well, how long have you been going at this now, the Breakthrough Party? Five months, officially. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I've learned from doing this podcast is that, uh, you know, this isn't going to be a quick turnaround. I don't, well, I don't feel like it's going to be a quick turnaround. This is, a, this is a job that's, you know, you kind of chip away at. Um, uh, I don't know if you agree with me on that. Um, no, I do. Because uh, like when, when Carla first started speaking, I was thinking, you know, you're, you're starting out on something here that could, could be quite a long, uh, long old thing. Hopefully you'll end up, I mean, you might hope, I don't know, you might lose interest or you might think there's better things to do with your life. I don't know. But um, that can happen to all of us, can't it? But uh, I... When I first started doing this podcast, I was thinking, all we need to do is get the media organised, da-da-da-da-da, come on, we can do this, da-da-da-da. After uh, only 16 weeks, really, and I'm thinking, God, this is going to require some thought. We're going to have to take a bit of care here. We're going to have to really get organised. I'm wondering how you're feeling about it, what your emotions have been over that five months. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been so bizarre, isn't it? Because like, you have some weeks where you're just like, oh, my God, so much is happening, and like it's just constant... And like when you're in it as well, I don't think you appreciate how much progress is being made as well. Like I'm one of my own, I'm probably my own worst critic. So I'm very like, very driven and always trying to think like, how can we do more? What can we do better? Um, but like, yeah, I think it's gonna be a long-term process. Like there's no getting away from that. Like I'd love it if we could just click our fingers and tomorrow we have, you know, breakthrough party MPs, Northern Independence party MPs, other left-wing party MPs. But I just know it won't be like that. I think there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I've talked a lot before about this and I'm sure you guys have as well but about just when we look at socialism in general like I think so you know the term socialist or so or socialism has been you know bastardized in the press so much over these last few years that it's going to take a long time to get people back in that sort of frame of mind to think that this is this is a good alternative to what this, the current failed status quo so I think it's going to take a lot of time I'm I think or I think like this by-election is a really positive first step and like you know again like after five months to be doing this is still pretty in like I still have to pinch myself a little bit that we got this far um but like yeah it's gonna be years like it's gonna take time like I would love us to be in a position by the next general election whenever that may be I've heard rumors that are trying to push one forward to 2023 I'd love us to be in a position where we could stand several candidates across the country and like you know give have a really good fair go but I'm very aware that you know it might, it'll probably, it could take, you know, a decade, it could take 15, 20 years for us to make any serious real impact. Um, and it's almost like there's a bit of an acceptance for me, and I don't know if like others here, but I think an acceptance that we've probably got another decade of Tory rule. I don't, I don't, I can't see the Labour Party currently having any chance whatsoever, especially with the boundary changes that are incoming as well, of making any real dent in the Tory majority that exists at the moment. So, like, that's kind of where my head's at. I think we, we, you know, we've got a long, it's going to be a long process to get to a point where we have, um, like, more, like, mainstream left-wing politics, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting uh, listening to Clive last week because uh, I pretty much, I don't know, I, I ask pretty much the same questions to everybody I meet really on this podcast and um, we're, we're running out of time and we promised ourselves we wouldn't go over the hour and we, we are already but I'm, I, I'll quickly say um, that Clive's whole thing really now is that we've got to get PR uh, because that way we can get 60% of the vote and get PR and then we can start again and get something sensible going on uh, that was a very quick summary of what you said yeah. if you can't be bothered to listen to the podcast <coughs> <laughs> okay so uh yeah thank you so much for coming on alex and carla and i really hope you do well carla it's been a pleasure to meet you and you too alex um, yeah, thank you so much 
Um, Thank you. Really enjoyed and, it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, hopefully come on again uh, when we start the podcast up again for series two. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, thank you to Thelma, my co-host throughout the series. It's been an absolutely great company. Uh, thank you to all the listeners uh, that have stuck with us and said so many nice things to us. I, I think we've had one or two uh, negative things about being a bit wishy-washy old folk and one thing or another. But generally... <laughs> you, you, you speak for yourself, Tom. I, yeah, I, 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 hid, I hid them from Thelma. Um, uh, anyway, it's been great and we've really enjoyed it. And Series 2 will be with us uh, quicker than you can imagine and we're really looking forward to it already. Uh, so I'm going to pass you over to Thelma to say her goodbyes. Yeah, thanks very much, Tom. It's been a joy to work with you over these last 16 episodes. And uh, good luck to you, Carla. Um, wish you all the luck in the world. Um, you're taking a big step and, uh, yeah, really courageous. Uh, but uh, if, you, if it's not this time, it'll be in the future. I'm absolutely sure of it. Um, and Alex, good luck to you and the party. Um, thanks to everybody for listening, especially those of you who stuck with us for the 16 episodes. Um, I'm going to take some time, uh, dedicated time, to writing the book, which I'm behind schedule now, uh, by about six months, um, getting in trouble with my editor. Uh, so I'm going to have to stay focused over the next few months, but uh, looking forward to joining you again in September and joining Tom. And uh, we've got a great lineup planned of uh, future guests. So uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening and solidarity.